Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. So we're in the final Sunday of our Dilemma series. It has been such a great series. And I want to really bring a message this morning that is going to kind of close up what this month has been about, but also set us up uh, for the month of October, uh, for Oktoberfest. And if you're wondering what's in November, well, the month of November is simply called November Rain, which is going to be a great month um, in the Holy Spirit. So uh, we've always got something to look forward to. But uh, so the message this morning, it has a certain amount of weight um, attached to it. And it's not weight to make us feel guilty. It's not weight to make us feel bad. But it is weight to make us realize the importance of the work that Jesus Christ has put before us. That uh, we have been saved by God's good grace, by His Son, Jesus Christ. But we have not just been saved for ourselves. We have been saved that someone else may find salvation through our salvation that we are not a full stop in the Christian story of our life. We are a comma, we are in an interjection, we are part of the grammar, but we are never the full stop. That the story of salvation should not stop at our salvation. But our story, our name, our testimony gets woven into the story of those who have gone before us, but simultaneously is woven into the story of those who are going to come from us also. So your salvation, your, your role in Christendom, in the church, is never a full stop. Let it be an exclamation mark. Let it be something of impact, but never something that signifies an end. A comma, a pause, a change in gear. But our salvation was given to us as a gift by God so that we may share that salvation, the message of good news with the people that He has put around our life. And if you don't tell them, if I don't tell them, if I don't share, if we don't share, then who will? We can't rely on hope alone, that hopefully somebody will, that maybe someone somewhere will, will, will share the good news. We need to pray, we need to fast, we need to do many things, but the most pressing thing that the church needs to do, that Christians need to do, is share the good news of who Jesus Christ is. This is our call, this is our purpose, this is the great commission from Jesus Christ himself was to go into all the earth and preach. Proverbs 11 says this, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and the one who saves souls is wise or the one who is wise saves souls. That's Proverbs 11 this is the Old Testament. This is before Jesus Christ graced the earth. They already had revelation of God's truths, of His kingdom, that wisdom is seeing the salvation of another person. This is what God classes and God calls as wisdom, is to see souls saved. 
that the wise person, the smart person, the onto it person, the person who's, you know, got a, a little bit going on upstairs, that the person who is wise saves lives. What a great thing to be known for as a person that saves lives. Like we all like watching Piha Rescue. Guys racing around in bright orange rubber boats over waves. But they're commended because they're saving lives. There's people off the shore, and for whatever reason, whether it was intentional or unintentional, they've been caught in a rip. They've been dragged away from the safety of the shore, and they are drowning in their hopelessness in the surf. And these guys from Piha Rescue, these surf life-saving guys, they jump in their little boat and they race out. And from the safety of their boat, they drag these guys aboard and take them back to the security of the shore. It is a picture of Christianity. There's people all around our lives. Maybe it's through their own doing. Maybe it's just they've got caught up in in a scene or in a lifestyle that has taken them away from the safety of God. It has drawn them away from the safety of the shore, from the safety of companionship, and it's taken them into a place and they're in over their head. And it's our job to see them and not just have pity on them. Because pity says this, or that poor person, they're drowning. That poor person, they're going to hell. That poor person, they don't know Jesus Christ. But to see the need and to realize we are the ones equipped with the gospel message. We are the Christians in the spiritual bright orange rubber dinghy with the Yamaha outboard on the back and the prop protector so no one gets cut up in the rescue mission. We are the ones who are equipped and who are trained for every good work, as the Bible says, The Bible has equipped you for every good work, and God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. You're not missing out. You're not like in a rubber dinghy with no outboard, without power. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're not in there without a life jacket or a wetsuit. You've got the protection of God like He encamps around those, the angel of the Lord. But we are equipped to leave the shores, the safety that we've found in Christ Jesus, and to bring other people back to that in which we have found, the refuge and the security that we have found in Jesus Christ. This is the call and the commission, not of the church or the preacher of the pastor, but of, to Christianity. To everyone who would say, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I have found my salvation in Christ Jesus. Our role and responsibility on earth is to be salt and light. To stand out, to make a difference, to be a beacon of hope, to be a bright yellow rubber dinghy that's racing around in the tumultuous waters of life, dragging people aboard and bringing them back to church or bringing them back to relationship, telling them, Jesus Christ loves you. I know it's rough right now. I know right now you've got lungs full of water. You're exhausted. You're worn out. You've been fighting against a current. You've been dragged out in a rip. I know it's not all. 
awesome right now, but come aboard. It's going to get better. God is setting you up for a new life. He's setting you up to be born again. He's setting you up to find redemption in His Son, Jesus Christ, and eternity in heaven with Him. And we're the ones, we're the believers in the Christian lifeboats. Not standing just in the watchtower. That is a place to look out and over and to observe what is taking place in humanity. But also to be ones who are prepared to get out of the safety that we have found and to once again go out into all the earth and preach the good news. He who wins souls is wise. I want to read to you another proverb this morning. Proverb 24, 11 to 12. This is a message that is deep in my heart and that is a deep part of who we are as C3 Church Topol. C3 Church always has and always will exist to see lost souls saved, to preach the good news about Jesus Christ. There are many aspects to church and many things we can do as a church, but the chief exercise of C3 Church Topol is the preaching of the gospel. Telling people about Jesus Christ, telling them that God loves them, telling them that Christ died for their sinfulness, that He has set them in good standing before God, and telling them that the Holy Spirit, the third part of God, is to dwell inside them and enable them to live a life that they could not live outside of God. But with Christ in them, the hope of glory, they rise above trials and troubles and live a glorious life. But Proverbs 24 and 11 says this. This is what I've just been talking about. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does he who not guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? Rescue those who have been led away to death and hold back those who are staggering away to the slaughter. It's a deep and it's a descriptive passage out of the Bible. But it's a passage that reflects and and illustrates to us our position and our responsibility as salt and light, as Christians on the earth today, to hold back those that are staggering away in a lifestyle that is destructive. To rescue those that have been led away to a destructive, to a life that is ultimately going to end in eternal death, the the commission. The command, the the call to us all is to be those people that don't just watch and think, man, that poor person drowning out there beyond the surf, but to, to rescue those who have been led away, who have been drawn away, who have been called away into a lifestyle that we know is gonna end up destroying them. If a man knows that his neighbor is in danger, He is bound to do all in his power to deliver him. It is our job, our role, our responsibility to let people know about Jesus Christ. And yes, there will be people who refuse to get in the boat. There will be people who refuse to listen to the message. But that should not inhibit us from delivering the message nonetheless. 
We cannot force someone to become a Christian. We cannot force someone to find their salvation in Jesus Christ, but we can give everyone the opportunity in love and in grace, not bashing them with it, not making them feel bad and trying to guilt them into the kingdom of God. Guilt never changed anyone. Guilt just made someone feel worse about what they were already feeling bad about. But by love and grace and by divine appointment, as we share the good news, like the gospel is good news. It's not bad news for people. It's good news that Jesus loves you. It's good news that you can be in heaven with him forever. Jesus told his disciples, he said to them in Mark 16, 15 to 17, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany these who follow or those who believe. In my name, I'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues, etc., etc. But Jesus' commission, is his parting words to his disciples was to be preachers. To preach is to be a herald to proclaim after the manner of a herald. To preach is always with the suggestion of formality, gravity, and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed. To publish, to proclaim openly something which has been done. To preach is used of the public proclamation of the gospel and matters pertaining to it, made by John the Baptist, by Jesus, by the apostles, and all other Christians. To be a preacher is not the call and work of the evangelist. It is the call and the work of the everyday believer. And it is a work that we should gladly and readily pick up and work at with great joy. For what greater work is there for our lives than to be spent on the only work that has true eternal ramifications and everlasting eternal reward? He who wins souls is wise. Why is that? Because you're doing a work here on earth that has eternal ramifications. You will see people in heaven that are there because you shared the gospel with them, because you loved them enough to tell them about Jesus Christ, to invite them to a connect group, to a church service, to a meeting, to to get them in the presence of God. People will be in the kingdom of God because you shared the good news with them. He who wins souls is wise. Store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Store up for yourself souls in heaven. Store up for yourself a lineage in heaven. Our role as followers of Christ is to preach and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to all creation. There is a saying that goes around that says, preach the gospel and if you need to, use words, which is true and correct to let men and women see your good deeds that they may praise your Father in heaven. But when Jesus gave us the command to preach, he meant preach. He meant to open our mouths and share the good news with the people around us. 
boldly and unashamedly to proclaim and to exhort the word. To exhort the word is to, to let it go without any expectation of result or return because the person exhorting the word has full confidence and trust in the word that has been exhorted. It is not looking for a result, for an emotional wow, for, for some deep connection to make place. Exhortation is the understanding of the power of the Word of God and the power of the testimony of Jesus Christ and that the Word of God achieves all it is set forth to do. You don't need to butter it up. You don't need to, you know, sugarcoat it. Do it in love and grace, but share the good news that is in you with the world that is around you. Jesus gave us the command to preach. When Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit on the great day of Pentecost, the very first thing that he did when he stepped out of the upper room, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, was preach. 5,000 people that day found salvation in Jesus Christ because Peter preached the good news. He shared the encounter. He shared the revelation. He shared it empowered by the great Holy Spirit that was inside of him, a message that 5,000 people, upon hearing it, repented. They said, Peter, what? It said they were cut to the heart. They were convicted by God and they said, what should we do? What should we do with our lives from here on in? What should we do upon hearing the good news about Jesus Christ? He said, repent and be baptized. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter preached and 5,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Watch what he says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Not the battering ram, not the Bible bashing, not soapbox, not from the Christian moral high ground that sometimes we think we're entitled to stand on and look down on everyone else around us. But he's saying, preach the good news, share the good news, but do it with gentleness and respect. Do it with kindness. Do it because you're not trying to tick a box in your life or ring the till in heaven with another soul, but do it because you're filled with compassion and, and your, your motivation is love for the people around your life. Fueled with, with gentleness and respect. The Bible says it's kindness that leads to repentance. Gentle, gentleness, kindness. Say, hey, can I share something with you? Can I let you know something? Yeah, sure. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Well, what do you mean? What I mean is God's real and Jesus died so that you could be with him forever. When I say preach, don't box it into a style of Pastor Mark with a microphone ranting to you. It's orally sharing. It's declaring from your mouth that's speaking out you know we the bible says they believe therefore they spoke with the same spirit of faith we believe therefore we speak we have language we articulate the hope that we profess it is our job to jump in that rubber dinghy to leave the safety of the shore 
to leave the safety of the church every Sunday and back out in the deep waters of the lives that we live in. And some of us live in waters that are deep. We, every day we're in waters that are rough, where the tide is strong, where the, the struggle is real. But God's graced you for it. God's graced you for it. He's graced you for your workplace. He's graced you for your marriage. He's graced you for the ministry that he's called you into. And for those of you who are genuinely called into the, the rougher, the, the deeper, the, the more tumultuous circles and arenas of life, there is a grace that is sufficient to go with you. That you won't have to fear that if I've been rescued from here, what if I end up back in it? God say, my grace is upon your life. Preach the good news. Share with those. Drag those aboard your life. Be built like a bus that you can add people to the journey of your life. But I know I'm preaching a message this morning that no one will inherently disagree with. Because I know that everyone in this church you know, we, this is a church filled with good people, with good motives, and everyone's heart, I know, in this church would be to see lost people saved, whether it's a family member, a husband or a wife or a work colleague or ever complete strangers. I know the motive of every God-loving, God-fearing believer is to see other people find what we have. So the, the problem, I'm not trying to convince you to do something that I you don't want to do, because I know this is the heart of the church. I know this is the heart of God's sons and daughters. So what prevents us from being these kind of people? And this is the really the, the message to this morning. Because I think, like I said, that every person in the room has a desire for others to find Jesus Christ. None of us are that selfish. None of us are that self-centered that we're thinking, well, I'm on the, I'm on the high ground now and, and sweet for me and stink for everyone else. No one thinks like that. I know everyone's like, I want, I want people to find Jesus. I want people to go to heaven. I think I'm right in assuming this of this church and of you people. But it's a dilemma that we all face, and we all face it all the time, and the dilemma is the fear of man dilemma. It's simply, what will they think of me? What if they say no? What if they're mean to me? What if they disrespect me? Very real things that can take place upon being vulnerable to share about Jesus Christ and the work that He has done in our lives. Because it's interaction of the human heart. We're not sharing knowledge. We're sharing experience. And experience always is dealing with the human heart. That is the place where we experience God where we experience hurt, pain, fear, rejection. It all takes place in that fleshy beating thing inside of us. It's a dilemma. And the remedy is not trying harder. The remedy is not working harder. Abraham Lincoln said, if I had six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend four hours sharpening the axe. Said the, the issue is not just trying harder. The, the, the idea is spending more time on the stone, getting the edge, allowing the stone and the oil to hone us, to sharpen us, to be in the presence of God is to be on the stone. 
And if we've got a huge tree, a huge task in front of us, the, the mindset is not, I better get up earlier and go to bed later and work harder in those hours. There is merit in hard work. I applaud it. But there's also merit in being on the stone allowing the hand of God to do what only He can do. So when we go to work, we're incredibly efficient, we're incredibly productive. Things happen when a spirit-filled believer goes to work. So it's not about feeling bad, and not about feeling guilty, feeling like a failure, like guilt will not motivate you to do something. So don't feel guilty. Take it off. I should have, why didn't I? Well, you didn't, and, and maybe you shouldn't have, but hey, here we are. So what? Don't feel guilty. Take it off. Take off that cloak of guilt, that, that thing that tries to tell you who you used to be while disagreeing with who you want to be. The remedy to the fear of man is the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. That is it. God's love drives out all fear. And Jesus knew his disciples would face many, many, many trialing circumstances when he left them. And his strategy was not to rescue them from the difficulty of the scenarios they would face, but to give them the greatest gift they could ever be given, which is the great Holy Spirit. That's why he said, do nothing until you've received the gift that I've promised until you've been clothed with power from on high. Because he said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we need to couple with our desire to preach the good news, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, to do it, to lay our lives on the stone, to get our lives in the presence of God, not work harder, not feel worse, not laden ourselves with guilt because we didn't do it yesterday, so we have to do twice as much today. But pray to God, give me today my daily bread, my daily energy, my daily support, my, my daily ration to preach the good news, to share, to pray, to invite people, to find the plus ones in my world and tell them that it's not about necessarily going to the far corners of humanity. But sometimes the person we look, are looking for or are preaching to is in the corner of the living room. We live with them. Well, they're in the corner of the smoker room. We work with them. They're in the corner of the locker room. We play sport with them. They're in the corner of the courtroom. We've battled with them. We've all got a plus one, someone we called to share the gospel with. So as we close this morning's message, the dilemma we're talking about is the fear of man. I don't want to share because of what the interaction, what interaction may follow, what may take place. God's remedy for the fear of man is the love of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.